life just makes you jaded, makes you cynical, like hurts you, wrongs you, screws you over, you know, like the longer you, it's, the, the harder it is to love people. And I came to a place where I was done, partly because of burnout, partly because of jadedness, uh, partly went through a hard, hard season where I had to make a hard leadership pastor decision and it wasn't a popular mm. one. And so I had a bunch of people walk out of me uh, on my life and it was horrible. Again, I'm a people pleaser. And yeah. it's like, what are you going to do when people aren't pleased with you? Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. My name is Aaron Magnuson, and I am one of the co-hosts. I'm not joined by my other co-host, Mill Smith, today, but we do have a fantastic guest for you guys that I can't wait for you to meet, uh, Adam Weber, who is the lead pastor and founder at the age of 24 of Embrace Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I am really excited to have Adam on the podcast. And guys, this is exciting for me because Adam and I just met and we've been talking for the past 15 minutes, just getting to know each other. Uh, so really, we're all in this together as we uh, kind of learn about Adam's story. Uh, and then as we get close to the end, Adam actually has a cool announcement that he wants to share with you guys. But Adam, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you let uh, everyone know a little bit about yourself? Glad you're here. Oh, it's a huge honor, Aaron. Grateful for the time with you. It was fun yakking and talking about football and whatever else before we got yeah. on. Uh, so a bit, of, a bit about myself. Uh, I'm born and raised uh, in South Dakota, uh, which if the listener doesn't know, South Dakota is a part of the United States of America. It's, it's, yes, out, it is. it's out there in the middle of nowhere, but born and raised in South Dakota, uh, grew up in a small town. Um, grew up in the church as well, uh, came to Christ somehow, some way as a sophomore in high school. I wanted nothing to do with God. Wow. God really got a, a hold of my life in totally 180. I had never heard about a relationship with Jesus, even though I'd never missed a day at church. Heard about Christ. God changed me. Went to college in Sioux Falls at a school called Augustana um, and went there for business and marketing. Always thought I'd work in an ad agency of some kind or start a, uh, just a business and do different things, whether it was being generous or being um, just, just doing unique things as a company is what I always thought. That's kind of the plan I had. But uh, the summer before my, my senior year of college, I ended up filling in for a pastor. I did not want to be a pastor. I thought it was a bad idea and filled in for him within the first week. I knew it's what I was supposed to do for the rest of my life. So wow. came back, finished my business degree, started dating the pastor that I filled in for his daughter. And uh, okay. got, got married that next summer, the next day. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. The next day, went to seminary in Kentucky, uh, went to school there at Asbury, loved it, uh, never was going to come back to South Dakota. I realized you do not have to suffer through nine months of <laughs> So like, why would anybody live here? Like, I can remember calling my dad. It was almost like I was an explorer that nobody had been to. I'm like, dad, I found a land called Kentucky and, yes. and it, it doesn't have flesh eating cold 10 months a year. And so, but I was yes. like, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go back. We didn't think we were to come back just because of the winter. I love South Dakota, but winters are harsh. Well, the pastor who led me to Christ, the pastor who 
kind of indirectly to led me to my wife. The pastor that led me to this internship or filling in for this pastor said, Hey, we're thinking about starting a church in Sioux Falls. What do you think? And I told him it was a bad idea. Didn't want to do it. Didn't have the courage to tell him no. Ended up coming back, starting a church when I was 24. The first three years we almost were closed because we didn't grow. And then we had explosive growth for nine, 10 years. Uh, it's been wow. an amazing journey of highs and lows, ups and downs. Uh, I got, I'm married to my wife, Becky. We just celebrated 16 years. We got four kids. Uh, wow. my, my advice, if you have children, stop at three. Don't go to the fourth. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, my advice would be stop at two. Uh, yeah. But only if they're giants like my children. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so, uh, so we have four kids. The church is now multi-site. Uh, we have a bunch of churches. We just signed up another church that's not a part of Embrace that is, uh, uses our message real-time on Sunday mornings, which is pretty crazy. Oh, cool. I think we have eight or nine of those now, which has been pretty cool. And um, again, we have nothing figured out. Don't be impressed with any of that. Uh, I wrote a book called Talking with God, even though I didn't want to write a book, and then just released the second one. And I, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. But that's kind of – I like the Bengals. We talked about that. I like old cars. Yes. Uh, I have a 36 Chevy. It's all original. I love it. Um, I got typewriters, way too many of them, and I'm the biggest nerd you've ever met. So that, that's kind of yeah. Well, there you go. That's me. Well, Adam, we're uh, we're stoked to stoked to have you on the podcast, and uh, I'm I'm curious um, when you so you moved to Kentucky. You you I, I'm curious. What was the biggest uh, transition uh, going, and maybe what was something that you learned uh, that you brought back to South Dakota? What, so what was the biggest difference? Like, was there a culture shock moment when you went to Kentucky? And then when you came back, was there something that you took from Kentucky uh, outside of an education, uh, which is obviously important, um, that uh, you feel like you uh, brought back to South Dakota that, like, is helping you or helped you kind of do all of this at the age of 24? Yeah, so I'd say two different things. Uh, first off, I was exposed to an amazing church in Kentucky, um, two different churches, actually. We, we um, were at one church, um, really kind of connected to the denomination, so I thought it was wise to do that. So we attended that for our second half, and the first half we attended a large megachurch there called Southland. Um, so two very different churches. Southland is a church of like 13,000, 14,000. Hope Springs is a church of like 400. And both of them were such great experiences. Southland taught me how to dream big, how to do things totally outside the box, how to get an idea and just go for it. Their pastor, John Weiss, is a legend. I mean, just one of my favorite humans. And then, and then Hope Springs taught me about being a part of a recovery church. And so I thought those two experiences, just the total opposite, one is not better than the other. Thank God for both of them. Um, I, just had an amazing, yeah. I just had amazing, totally different experiences with those two churches that I'd never had before. The other thing though, this is really, really random. I came back to South Dakota knowing what uniquely made me a South Dakotan. Uh, oh. In Kentucky, uh, there was different things, like uh, even racially, I, I, things I'd never experienced before, a white side of town and a black side of town. I'd never seen that before. Um, wow. Even the history, we don't have stone walls all over the place like there are in Kentucky. We don't have rolling hills. Mm -hmm. 
that are just like, feels like you're on a roller coaster. We don't have those either. In South Dakota, our roads are very straight. You can just kind of put your knee on the wheel and take a nap down the interstate and then wake up and you're still driving straight. You know, Kentucky, yeah. oh my gosh, we're going to die. All of us are. But the thing I realized yeah. uniquely different is even the Kentucky people who looked like me, they had a very different church experience than I did. Uh, and, and, and this is something that was, I never thought because they look like me, they're the same as me. No, we are very different when it comes to our experience church wise in South Dakota. Uh, most part, everyone's Lutheran and Catholic here. And, okay. and if you were, I'm very generalizing here. If you were to say, sure. how, does a, how does a person go to heaven? You would say, get baptized as an infant, which everyone does make it through confirmation, which everyone, my age, everyone does. Don't drive your mother crazy and get to church very often. And if you were like, well, what, what are, are you legalistic? I didn't even know what the word legalistic was. I was like, right. legalism? Yeah, it's like legalism. If you party really, really hard on Saturday, just get to church. Like, it may be like I don't know. We're in Kentucky. Yeah. And, there, and also, there's no concept of hell in South Dakota. Everybody, everybody, everybody's going to heaven. And then in Kentucky, it's the total opposite. In Kentucky, the billboards scare you so much that you're like, everybody's going to hell. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I might be going to hell right now. Like, I don't even know. Like, and so, and it's very, there's kind of this very legalistic background and you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't smoke, you, you make sure church, read your Bible, devotional relationship with Jesus. I mean, again, some good, some bad things, but if you're outside the church, it's like, I know I'm a sinner. I need to get back to church. In South Dakota, it's like, I know my mom, she wants me to go to church. Like, there's no worry about like eternal damnation. And so it's just, a, it seems very subtle, but it's actually a really huge, sure. it's actually a really huge difference. And so I, I think for the listener, it's finding out what uniquely makes the people, the people, you know? And so for yeah. me, so for me, what I, I share people with people is, um, I don't know, why would I want to go to church? Um, what I always share with people, maybe you haven't heard the full story. And do you, wanna, do you know that God wants to be a part of your mess and a part of your pain and hurt? Right. And uh, that he's got a plan for you and that he wants to know you. I mean, a lot of people here are like, what? I've never heard that before. And in Kentucky, right. in Kentucky, they'd be like, well, of course, my, my grandma's told me that since I was out of the womb. And uh, yes. so it's, it's just, no, that was something, that's a weird answer to it. But that's really, that was the biggest thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm uniquely wired. Even in my seminary classes, some of the conversation I couldn't relate with. I'm like, I've never explored. Sure. I have no idea what legalism is. I got confirmed. And I got baptized. I'm good. Like, what, what else yeah. do you want from me? You know, <laughs> so exactly. it's just kind of cool to figure out what uniquely makes uh, your area, your area. And even in, in that area, there's differences. I mean, in Sioux Falls, we've now had, we now have a large Ethiopian population, which does not have any of that experience. And so it, it can, right. it's, it's continuing to change, but it's, it's even the person who looks like you doesn't have the same story as you. Yes. Yeah, and that's uh, that's, a, that's a really interesting distinction. That's something that you certainly learn uh, when you uh, leave your hometown. And, and for me, uh, I did something similar, even though I didn't go a state away. I actually only went 20 minutes down the road, but I entered into a locker room at Oregon State with a bunch of different kids my age, 
who are from different areas and you learn really quickly, wow, my experience of growing up in a small town in Oregon, uh, there's, there's different people that look like me and some don't look like me, but they have vastly different experiences. And so I'm always thankful for that experience. Uh, and then God brought me back to my hometown, similar to yourself, uh, where I was able to do ministry for there for five years. Uh, and now being down here in LA, uh, actually in a different state, uh, far away from home, uh, or where I grew up, I should say, this is definitely home now. I don't, I hope God doesn't ever remove me from Southern California, <laughs> but you learn, yeah, you learn different perspectives and all of those things. Um, but you, and, and so there's things that are getting added to your personhood um, that yes. you're able to then uh, interact with a bunch of different people, share those stories. And one of the things that I learned about you, Adam, really quickly in my short history of uh, looking at your Instagram, doing all the things online that we do nowadays, which is a huge advantage. I, I can't imagine what people did uh, before outside of having extensively long conversations over long periods of time uh, just to learn. But it's very uh, evident that you connect with people really quick uh, and that you're very relational and network oriented. And so there's a lot of different uh, people that you've met who, uh, who have shaped you, but also there's a lot of different people that you talk to and you have your own podcast, the conversation podcast, uh, and everything that we mentioned in here, we'll link out to in the show notes. So wherever you're listening, uh, make sure you head over, uh, to socialmedia.church. You'll find the show notes for this episode. Um, and if anything that we're saying is inspiring you, uh, share this with a friend because there's uh, more people than just you that need to meet Adam and follow Adam uh, and read his books. But you started a, a podcast, and so you're talking to your church that has multiple sites. Uh, and so I, I'm curious about two things, but you also have a podcast, which is reaching another audience. You've written books that's reaching another audience. Uh, and there is some crossover in there, but you're certainly talking to different people, uh, all of, uh, most of whom probably have very little to, to no knowledge of South Dakota. And so in my head, I'm thinking South Dakota, wow, Adam is way too big and has way too much influence to be living in South Dakota. I'm curious how, how does, um, is, is that a thing? Like, is it, is it, small town mindset in South Dakota to where when you're doing stuff online, when you're writing books, are people kind of looking at you like, who is this guy? Or is it, is it normal? Help, help a non South Dakotan out uh, with how you manage all the different voices and how you manage just your influence uh, in what we could perceive as not just a small town, but like a small state amongst the 50 states. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. That's actually a really unique question that I've never been asked. And um, it's definitely an interesting, um, it's, it's definitely interesting. I felt, I felt it with my first book is where I really felt it, you know, okay. because, because I am, I mean, I am wherever I'm at, I'm with the people that I'm, I'm with. I mean, right now, yes. some of my, some of my closest relationships is um, a lot of low income folks that live on my block. Some of the people that I'm, wow. one of the people that I'm most accessible to is a now eighth grader named Dwight, who uh, his house looks like it could fall over. And I mean, I, he has high access to me. How, how, what, what does that mean? He can walk down and knock on my door and I'll bring his three buddies home, even if I don't want to. I mean, so, yeah. so I, I live, where I'm at. And I want the people closest to me to have like immediate access. Like that's just Adam, you know, one of them found out I was on Instagram the other day and they're like, you're on Instagram. 
And so this, this, this large, this large uh, Sudanese kid is like, you're on, you're on Instagram. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And uh, he's like, let me find you. So he takes my phone, looks at me and he's like, you're verified. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, not that big of a deal. And he's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, no, it's not. He's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, no. And uh, so it's like, like, and that's weird to even share, but it was just an interaction that was kind of weird. My first book, I, I, and it was hard. I, I don't know of anybody in South Dakota in the Christian realm that's published a book with a major publisher ever. And so that, I, I, wow. and I knew that going into it. That's part of the reason I didn't want to publish a book. I know that, that people were like, oh, our pastor is all high and mighty now. Like, oh, he's getting too big for himself because I was the first person. All the while, they're still reading Stephen Furtick books and listening to Elevation Worship. Right. You know? Like, yes. But still, like, but our pastor? Like, uh. And so I know that it, that it was a struggle. And I, I knew that going in. But I, and I, and honest, I'm a high people pleaser. So that was a hard thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like, very yeah. hard. Because I knew that was coming. And even now I'm talking about the book because I, I, I want to get it out, but I will, you will hear me talk less and less about the book. The moment, the minutes that are ticking by the less I'm talking right. because I, I don't yes. lose that. So it's, it's just a balance. And um, we're, we're at Sioux Falls is a small town, but it's also a big town. And okay. there's actually some very cool things right now. We're constantly ranked as like the best place to be a 20 something the best place to really? small business, the best place. We just got an Amazon moving to town now. I mean, like it really is a great place. Our mayor is uh, like 40 some years old. He could be a GQ model. He, he did. Wow. He did a startup company called click rain. And so we're doing out. I mean, Sioux falls is a legit town to live in. So it's small, but it's also big. And now with, book okay. two, now with book two, um, I feel like it's now like, everybody's like, dude, let's get this South Dakota kid seen. And so like, that's cool. Our mayor last night shared about the book. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> so like, it's so cool now because I think that first time and anytime you, you step out of the side of the box, you're going to have people who are naysayers and haters, but thank, yes. God, thank God for people who didn't like, I, I'm, I'm so glad for the authors and the publishers and the pastors who broke the mold. And um, so it's definitely a hard thing, but what you'll see on my, my Instagram, I hope is realness and rawness. Yeah. Even in sharing about the book, the book is 27 names of people who have loved me or have tried to love them. None of them are verified on Instagram. None of them. I think the most followers that one of them has is like 700 people, you know, like none of them are big names. None of them are famous. And, and actually more and more, and this is for all the pastors. Um, I don't know yeah. why there's something, the longer I follow Jesus, the more I become envious of the people who are not on stages and don't have their names. Because mm. Jesus constantly talk, talks about what's done in the secret, in the secret, in the secret yeah. is the things that will be celebrating. And I, I often think like the person who just faithfully is a janitor for 30 years mm. I can't imagine the celebration that person, that guy or gal is going to have before God. Yes, and, uh, totally. I heard it said once on stage room pastor, they talked about the, the 80 year old lady passing out cups of uh, water to kids uh, and thinking about uh, the, those are the, those are the type of people that are going to be celebrated most. 
uh, oh, in no. heaven uh, that you just never, you know, serving the kids, uh, old, they, not, not seeing those sorts of things. Yes. Those are the rock stars in God's eyes. Not the people who got, That's right. not the people who got a blue check mark, but the people who have just faithfully loved people and served people well. And I hope to people yeah. like Dwight on my block, I hope that's where I live it out. And I, I really believe my greatest ministry won't be a book or a podcast or a preaching event. It'll be hopefully the impact I have on people like Dwight. Totally. And, and this is why I wanted to ask that question. Cause you start to see the, the stories of Dwight come out. It's not about the blue check mark. It's not about two books. It's not about the number of campuses and size of the church. Uh, but I am curious. Uh, there, there's not really a, but there uh, it's, and the, the question off the back of that is doing things on social media and projecting your voice in stewarding the platform that God has given you is still important. And so what I want pastors to hear uh, when they're listening, or, or even if you're not a pastor and, and you're just uh, a leader who's struggling with how much influence do I have? And is all influence bad? And are there uh, things that maybe I should rein in? Uh, or not do? Should I not write a book because it's going to look some type of way? I want them to hear from Adam, who's clearly always wrestling with those two uh, mediums, those two worlds. Um, What would you say to a pastor who's struggling with, um, they have something to say, they have something of value to be given to lots of people, uh, but they're struggling with the perception of, am I going to cr- come across as narcissistic? Am I going to come across as, I don't want to be on Instagram and I don't want to do stories because who really cares about me anyways? Uh, um, and what, what would you say uh, are some, what would you say to that pastor? And then what would you say are some of the things that help you constantly ride that middle line between those two tensions of, I'm not going to do anything because that's humble, or I'm going to do everything because I really care about my brand. Uh, there's some, there's a healthy middle line. Uh, what would you say to a pastor who's kind of working through some of those things? Yeah, I, I would say whatever influence we're entrusted with, we're accountable to. And so mm. whatever, whatever influence God hands us and gives us, um, he wants us to use and not bury in the sand. And so I, I think, yes. I think it's a responsibility that shows up. One time, one time I had a pastor tell me, um, hey, I just want you to know responsibility has come to your front doorstep, whether you want to or not. You are now a pastor mm. that other pastors look to. I didn't sign up for that. Like that, right. that wasn't something I've, I wanted. I, again, I'm a person who likes to fly underneath the radar. And what he was saying is it's not, it, here it is. Like, you know, like I didn't even want to be a pastor. And so, right. so I, think, I think responsibility shows up at our doorstep whether we have 50 people under their influence four or 5,000, like it is. And so how can we harness that? Well, I want to use everything I can to tell people about Jesus. That that's, that's the call that God has on my life. Whether I'm a Mm. business person, whether I'm a pastor, whether I have an Instagram account or not, I want to tell people about Jesus. It was the greatest news I'd ever heard. And it still is. And so however God has positioned you, that that's something it showed up on your front doorstep. You better use it. You know, um, yes. as far as that tug of war, um, that this is, uh, this is where it's so important. Your Instagram life better match your actual life. Right. And you, uh, better be living what you're selling. Um, other, what, what do you mean by that? Otherwise it will start to kill your soul. Yes. 
You know, like, it's not like you better be living what you're selling because people will find out you're a fraud. That, that's true. Uh, you better be living what you're selling because at, at, at night when you shut off all the noise and your phone dies, can you live with yourself? That's right. Yes. When you find, you referenced it earlier, when you find yourself in that moment in the secret that the Bible refers, uh, when you find yourself in that space, because uh, you, you alluded to, it gets harder to find those spaces when uh, there's a lot of lights on. But when you actually, but everybody finds themselves there. They, they're not. You can never remove those silent spaces. Uh, and when you find yourself there, what what are you uh, doing, and how are you acting, and how are you feeling uh, in those spaces? And so that's that's really good. So I, really quick, I do want to talk about the book. Yeah. Obviously, where do you? How do you uh, make those spaces? more available to yourself. You talked about your neighbor and having access. Nobody's going to see that. Uh, we're going to hear about it because you just shared yeah. about it, but nobody's going to know the full extent of that. Um, but what, what are, how do you create some of those spaces uh, just so pastors know, okay, we know how to do Instagram. We know, like, if you listen to this podcast, you know, Nils and I are always telling you, get on this platform, try yes. to do this, start, start broadcasting. So, so you know how to do that, but how do you also, uh, what are some ways that you build those rhythms of, those secret rooms and those oh, quiet places where you're just with God. How, how do you strategize around that? That is so good. And it takes intentionality. It takes um, discipline. Um, and and the, the more influence you're given, the more you have to fight for that. And I would say yes. the more, the more your soul needs it. Uh, you need to wash feet when nobody are seeing you washing feet. That's oh, right. You're a big deal. You better wash a whole bunch of feet. You're a big deal. Feet, yeah. You better, you better, you better wash the nastiest feet of people who have no idea who you are and have, like, yeah. they don't have a clue. Like, so the more you can do that. So one of the things I started doing, so two, three years ago, I went through the, one of the hardest seasons of my life and I didn't want to go mm. to anybody. And I just began to pray each day. God help me to see one person that I can go out of my way to love today. Just one person. And that all of a sudden changes because you're looking for that one person to listen yes. to, to pull over your car when you're on your way to a meeting to stop and help. I mean, all of, like it turns into like the most bizarre, random, awesome life-giving adventures ever. So I think just even praying that God help me to see one person today that I can go out of my way to love today. And all yes. of a sudden God is so faithful. He will start sh like bringing every strange ranger possible into your life. <laughs> and you'll yeah. be like, there has to be a different one. And that person will just like right there. And uh, so I think that, and I also think stop cramming so much crap into your day. Um, mm. right, like, like right now, like I'm just doing a lot of different interviews. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm bummed cause I don't have as much of that gap this week. And yet, yes. like, and yet, even on a busy week like this, there's still opportunities and there's still moments of being able to do that. And so I think, yes. I think I just encourage people have room between your meetings and between those meetings, don't get on your phone right away. Just look up that one, that one person might be your coworker. It might, that one person might be that person who walks into your church that you know is going to meet with your care pastor, but you can bop in there for a second too and say hello. Like it might, it might just be your kid, your son who wants to play croquet with you. We play a lot of croquet yeah. in our household. And so it, it. It, might, it might just be that, like one person. And, and those, yeah. mo those moments are what allows you 
to, to be used in bigger moments. And here's the other thing with big moments and small moments. I just have more and more have a feeling that God's going to say, Adam, your big moments that you thought were so big, they're actually really, yeah. they're actually really, really small. And those small yes. moments of helping that nuisance in your day, that interruption to your day, that's actually the big moment. And because you were faithful with the small moments, I'm going to give you more of those big moments that may not even look like big moments. And so like it's, those are the things. And uh, I can honestly say the, the adventures with random yahoos who have no idea who you are turn into the yeah. rat, raddest life-giving highlights of your week. That's so good. That's, I appreciate you sharing that. That's speaking to me personally right now in this moment. I, this week, I'm uh, what our church calls pastor on call. And so uh, what that can look like is a bunch of random calls uh, yes. that you get. And, and when we're actually on campus, which we're not right now because of the coronavirus, uh, it's, it's interruptions in your day where you got to go meet with somebody. Yes. Uh, and I have, this whole week have been fighting. Uh, I'm not going to be as productive and not letting that be an upsetting thing, but taking advantage of it. So Adam, thank you so much for that work. Word. that's yeah. that's really good and this is this this fits perfectly in with your book you wrote a whole book on this type of love and it says uh the title of the book is love has a name uh and and the sub, remind me again of the subtitle it's loving difficult yeah. people uh weird people yeah uh, learning, yeah learning to learning to love the different the difficult and everyone else yeah. Yes, it's, it's great. And I had a chance, uh, your team sent me over a digital copy, which I'm not sharing with anybody. Um, but I really appreciate that. So I was able to skim through uh, most of it last night. And what's really cool is, guys, it's 27 chapters and each chapter has a name, which is associated with a person. Uh, in your life. And I think the book is broken up into a couple different parts where there's some people who have loved you in a certain type of way. You've loved other people uh, in a certain type of way. Uh, and it's, and you say from close friends to strangers, actually, you know what book it, it reminds me a lot of? It reminds me of the Leonard Sweet book. Uh, I think it's called 11 and it's like the 11 most crucial relationships you're supposed to have uh, awesome. in your life. I have, Anyways, not, I have not read that book. Written, I need to. Okay. Yeah, it's similar where, it, but he goes through, Leonard talks about uh, the, the 11 uh, different types of people and he associates them with the Bible characters, which is kind of what you've yeah. done. You've, you've associated each of these people with a story or an example in the Bible. So why, why don't you just share with us a little bit about your book, maybe why you wrote it, what your hope is for the people who read it. Uh, and as you're listening to Adam talk, um, you guys can find the link to this book because uh, it's released, correct? It People just can released. go buy it. Yeah, yeah it just, awesome. just released. Yeah, the, the, the book really came, and as I, I shared earlier, it came from a broken place within me. Uh, for, the first mm. time my li- for the first time in my life, I didn't want to love anybody. And I have very few strong suits. I have the gift of gab. I have the gift of joy and gift of genuinely loving people. My wife always says, all the strange people are like drawn to you. And I consider that an honor. <laughs> So, uh, yes. But I've always just genuinely loved people. But the older you get, the more life just beats that out of you. The, the, the yeah. more like life just makes you jaded, makes you cynical, like hurts you, wrongs you, screws you over, you know, like the longer you, and so the, the harder it is to love people. And I came to a place where I was done, partly because of burnout, partly because of jadedness. Uh, partly I went through a hard, hard season where I had had to make a hard leadership pastor decision and it wasn't a popular Mm. one. And so I had a bunch of people walk out of me uh, on my life and it was horrible. Again, I'm a people pleaser and it's like, what are you going to do when people aren't pleased with you? Oh, poor. 
And so I didn't want to love anybody. And yet God doesn't let us stay there. Thankfully, he doesn't let us stay there. And I began to think about all the people who have loved me well. It's easy to think about all the people who have hurt you. I bet anybody listening totally. right now can think about the top five people who have wronged you, stabbed you in the back, betrayed you. And you think about them on That's a regular right. basis. Teachers, coaches, yeah. parents. Yeah, yeah, totally. You think about them all the time. What if we began to think about all the people who have loved us well? Our coach, yeah. who, loved, our coach who loved us well. Our youth leader who loved us well. Our neighbor. Yeah. I, I had a lady uh, that we called the lady in pink. She, uh, we'd go, okay. we'd, my mom would lead uh, – uh, worship services in a, in a nursing home. And so she'd play piano and I'd hand out the hymnals to different people. And I needed to always help the lady in pink find her, her page in the hymnal. And she was always so kind to me. I just thought about her for the first time in a while uh, yesterday. And I, I like, what if, we, what if we thought about our ladies in pink and our, our coaches, yep. Mr. Huber was one of my favorite coaches. Mm. What if we thought about all those people and the way they showed us God's love? And so that's what I did. I began to think about all these different people who are, wow. who are I'm putting this in quotes, no name people that showed me, yeah, God's, that's right. showed me God's love and really a combination of God changing my heart and me thinking about all these people and so many others. I began to learn what it looks like to love again. And I, my hope specifically has been that this book would get into the hands of the person who's jaded, the hands of the person That's good. who's maybe tired of loving people or the leader who's kind of uh, successed out of loving people because they're so busy and, yes. they're, and they're important. I hope between my just candidness and rawness, along with my cheesiness and lameness, I, I hope that God would just stir that heart of that person who needs to, to want to love again, maybe after ha like maybe after a divorce or maybe after a church split yeah. or maybe after a loss or whatever it is, loss of a job. I just had a friend this morning text me say that he just found mm. out he's not getting rehired back on his team again. And so, um, man, I, in those moments, I pray that it would encourage me. Yeah. To love again. So what's funny is this book is kind of the answer to some of the questions I've been asking, how do you, how do you balance yourself out? How do you ride that, the, those two lines of uh, the big, the, what we would deem as big moments or society would deem as big moments and the little moments. Uh, and this book helps ground us. And it sounds like it was a grounding process for you as you wrote it. Um, just to remember how, how you love uh, those people that you could deem as inconsequential or they're not going to have that platform that's going to get you to the next level or to get you more influence or those sorts of things. Yes. It's just the, the small moments that people did for you and recognizing that you have an opportunity every day, especially if you pray for it, to do those small moments of love for others, people, strangers and people uh, you do know. Adam, do you have a favorite chapter in the book? My favorite chapter is chapter 17. It's a uh, bill and it's uh, uh, what does it say? Love is more than a theory. It's messy. And I talk, okay. I, I talk about my drug dealing neighbor who I found out was also wow. a sex offender that lived in my backyard. And um, wow. as, as Christians, it's oftentimes we talk about love, we preach on love, but what does it look like to truly love somebody like Bill? And um, yes. it's, it's my favorite chapter by far. I love it because it was just brutal. I mean, it was such a hard relationship. I'm like, I want to burn this guy's house down. <laughs> yes. And uh, yes. it's crazy. So it's, um, that's by far. My that's favorite. awesome. That's my favorite chapter. Chapter, chapter 17. 17. 
There you go. Uh, well, guys, I want you to go and buy Adam's book, check it out, be inspired by it. And as you go on this journey of the social media church, everything that that is, uh, also understand that it is very important to understand the relationships that don't necessarily get us anywhere or that are yes. what we would deem as small. Uh, there are those moments as well. We need to balance both the, the side of, uh, scaling our ministry through social media, but also, uh, Maybe taking an opportunity to not scale, but just to uh, do for one what you wish you could do at scale, uh, as Andy Stanley says. Um, but Adam, before we go, I need to ask, and this is probably something we need to start asking all of our guests, what is your favorite social media platform and why? My favorite social media platform, I am definitely an Instagram person. Um, I, 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 uh, the, the story is where I'm normally at. Um, yep. it's just a fun way to catch up with friends to see what's happening. Um, I'm definitely an Instagram person and I, I just, I, uh, I, I love following people who are the real deal. And even yes. if they, even here's a crazy thought, even if they don't follow me, yes. is that a weird world? Like what if they yeah. don't follow you? Like, um, for me, it's, uh, there's, I just love following people who are real and people I respect. Yes. And and um so that's that's by far my favorite is instagram yeah you and me both adam well that's great adam thank you so much for your time i know that it's limited especially on a busy week like this thank you so much for stopping by make sure that you guys connect with adam everywhere uh, again all of his information and everything you need to know uh, about adam is in the show notes of this episode make sure you head over to socialmedia.church and uh, wherever you're listening right now, go ahead and hit subscribe. And if you feel compelled, please write a review. This helps us uh, spread the good news that Adam shared with so many people. You can also just take this link, text it to a friend right in this moment if they need to hear it or a fellow pastor or maybe somebody on your staff. Whatever the case, uh, make sure you're spreading this around. We'd also love to interact with you. So whether it's on Instagram, uh, you can find Adam there for sure. You'll also find me there. Nils is active there. Uh, also Twitter, just use the hashtag SMC podcast. We'll have a conversation and until next time, podcast listeners, uh, take it easy and we'll talk soon.